Welcome to the show once again. This time around, we have another phenomenal special guest. We have Mitch Matthews in the house. How you doing, brother? Fantastic. Glad to be here, baby. It's so good to have you. So tell us a little about a little bit about you. Where where do you hail from? What are you currently doing? Just give us a little bit of yeah. background here before we get going. I always say this. Um, I'm a former athlete turned entrepreneur. I'm originally from Oregon and uh, came to Utah to play football at BYU. I grew up an Oregon Duck fan, but when my brother committed to play at BYU, I just wanted to follow him around. So we both played together at BYU for two years. It was the absolute dream. Married a soccer star at BYU, my wife, Maddie, and uh, she kind of made me stay. So we're here now. And uh, like I said before, former athlete turned entrepreneur. When you say former athlete, what do you mean by that? Because I know you're still super into the athletics. Still grinding. Uh, yeah, and I even say, say still, I say uh, I, I try to be a current athlete and entrepreneur as much as I was a former athlete. Um, fitness is a big part of my life. My mom you know, had her own fitness business, Pilates and yoga. And uh, that's sort of... Um, what I've, what I've maintained is that sort of spirit. Um, I, the fitness working out exercise has been a big part of my life, but the former athlete that I was I played college football at BYU. And then I played a couple of years in the NFL as well. Chiefs, the Browns and the dolphins. And, uh, I never wanted to be that athlete that, uh, was lost mentally or physically after football. And so I want to come back and stay in peak shape, continue to push my body, uh, because I feel like that keeps me at the peak mentally as well. Do you feel like that's where everything begins? If you get the 100%. body right, the rest is right? Yeah. I think a mental change comes after a physical change. Really? Yeah. And not just a physical, you don't have to like lose body fat to feel confident. There are confident people who don't necessarily have the perfect body, but a physical movement going for a walk. Like this morning, I decided to walk to get my hair cut, a five mile walk just because I feel like I would have been better on my phone calls that I had on my walk because I'm moving physically then I'll be sharper mentally. Okay. You know what I mean? No, I get that. So let me ask you this. So your teammates, your former teammates at BYU and your former teammates at those three um, teams that you mentioned the NFL, in you staying in touch with them, are they following the same guidelines that you're following in regards to keeping themselves in peak um, athletic um, shape, physical shape? I would, I would say that some, just some do. Majority no, majority yes. I don't know. If, do you I know? Mean, you, you see a lot of former athletes, they still look really good, you know? Like they still got that size, they still could probably, you know, jump up and dunk a basketball. Um, I just think there's something about the space that I'm in, sales, leadership, entrepreneurship space that I feel like if I keep myself peak physically, then I'll, I'll stay peak mentally. If I was to be radically honest, I don't think most athletes take care of their body like they should because of how well they've been trained. I mean, you, we had the best nutritionists the, I mean, the absolute best, the best nutritionists, the best coaches, the best strength coaches, the best flexibility coaches, the best everything. So we have all the tools. So guys that aren't coming home and keeping that, um, I think it's, it's kind of a shame, you know, because you have so much knowledge. Why not? Right. Um, but I feel like mentally people after the high level of sport, they mentally take a farther leap downwards after sports over because they get so lost. And I think most people see that, you know, you think of former athletes, they, they don't know what to do with their life post football. And that sort of was a challenge to me was, uh, I don't want to lapse in my life. I want to actually, for all the people that knew me because of football, I want a hundred times as many people to know me because of my accomplishments after football, you know? Yeah. So it's been a challenge to me to say peak physically and mentally as well. 
Okay. I wonder if some of these athletes, it was so strenuous. It was so robotic. So like mundane that once yeah. they get out of that perm, they're like, Oh, finally, like I never oh, want to, for sure. Yeah. I never want to hit the gym again. I never want to hit the pool again. Like I'm yeah. just, that life was so hard. Now I'm finally free and they just let themselves go. Yeah. And by the time they realize they shouldn't have done that, uh-huh. it's just hard for them to maybe get back in. Yeah. Well, it's, it's much harder to get in shape than it is just to but, stay in shape. Because I heard Mike, Michael Phelps, after he retired, he's like, I never want to see a swing pool again in my life. Yeah. Because it was so hard well, for I mean, I kinda, so many years. I kind of feel the same way with football. Like people ask me every single year about this turkey bowl. Like I can't even tell you. I'll get more text messages the week before Thanksgiving about this turkey bowl they to want, go play. They and want I'm like, the ringer on the their last team. Thing, the last thing I want to do is go play at a turkey bowl. Uh, just because you don't, I don't, I don't know what it is. You, you, you've, you've played that so much like you sort of maxed out yeah. there. Um, but I think it's healthy to reinvent yourself. Yeah. And I'll go a layer deeper is the person that I was when I was playing football. This is the mental side of things. I was super aggressive. I was borderline mean. I was egotistical. I was selfish. I, um, you I feel was like, a different you feel monster. like you had to be? Oh, yeah. To be though, in though, that. If you look at those qualities, those things serve and make great athletes. Sure. Look at the great athletes. A lot of them are like that. And that served me then because in football, it's a zero-sum game. There is a winner and there's a loser, right? And so if I was to take those things and bring them into what I do now, I'd be a bad father a bad husband, a bad leader, a bad entrepreneur. And so I've always been really big on recreating yourself. Mm. Those things that made me really good at football are actually the things that make me really bad at what I do now. How did you realize that you couldn't take that same ego into this facet of life? Like what was that aha moment or was it a lot of aha moments? How did you make make that pivot? Yeah, good question. I saw how I treated people after football. I I still carry that. Did you see it or did people let you know, hey, you're treating me? Terribly. Both. Okay. Yeah. I feel like the, the leader I was was super aggressive. It was, hey, you serve me. You, you make me money and then we'll win. Like you serve me and that's how we're going to win. And it was totally backwards on my part. And that was the first few years. And the feedback I was getting wasn't the feedback that I wanted. Because mm. the things that people praise you for when you play football, like I'll, I'll still get random DMs and, and messages to this day where people will say, man, I love watching you play. I love how aggressive you are. I love how, how much swagger you had. But those things have to die off for you to be good at the next phase of life. I, f- I feel like people need to recreate uh, themselves every seven to 10 years because the, the new generation is different. You have to cater to them a little mm-hmm. bit differently. If I was to act the same way I did as a football player in my life now, I'd fail in everything I did. Yeah. And so the feedback I got from people, how I actually felt about myself too, like, man, why, why, do I, why do I still get so quick to anger? Mm. But I, I did that because that's what protected me in football. If someone else won, just get angry and then you'll go win. That's just not how it works anymore. And so to, to answer your question more specifically, like how did I know that I needed to change? It was the energy I felt. I felt like I was putting people down too much. I felt like I was just leading off of anger and this zero sum game of if, if my business is, or I'm going to win, someone else has to lose. And not only do they have to lose, I have to talk smack to them while they lose. Like what, what serves you in football to really put your, you know, your foot on someone's throat, right? That was the old me. And so I've really had to create myself out of necessity. And I felt the energy, uh, um, in the last probably two, one to two years, I've become more inviting 
become more of a magnet to people and drawn people in instead of just thinking I'm better than everyone. Everyone watch me because you can't win alone in this game of, of, of business and entrepreneurship. Mm. So to me, it was, it was, a, it was, a, it was a need to change. And man, I'm glad I went two feet into this next thing because I, I, I'm so glad I've, I've made these necessary changes. Do you feel Maddie helped you a lot with that process? Yeah. Because Maddie, um, great energy, great spirit, and great vibe. Um, she helped me realize... She, she came from that same industry. Yeah, like, totally. Like high-level soccer player D1 program. BYU, yeah. Right? Fortunately for her, she's such a freak athlete. I mean, a superhuman athlete that she didn't have to try. For me, I was the, you know, undrafted white guy, the barely recruited kid who had to make his way and really had to bully myself into that starting spot and show everyone that I, I got sure. that starting spot. Forget everyone else. It's about me. And uh, w- like I said before, that's what you're trained to act like. Mm-hmm. You're trained to be a killer. You're trained to make people losers and make yourself a winner. That stuff does not work after football. So I think a lot of people, uh, and this just popped in my, into my mind, a lot of people think that people that come from the sports world, like the high-performing sports world, it's going to make a good entrepreneur or make a good business person because, I mean, you have so many good skills. Sure. In a lot of ways, it's the actual opposite. You actually have to kill that old person in those bad qualities, recreate yourself, just take the good qualities, and then present all those to the next 10 years of your life. There's a lot of good things I learned too. Don't get me wrong. A lot, I was around the best coaches in the world, the, 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 the most confident human beings on the planet, in my opinion, are NFL football players. And so I was around the best, most confident energy. And I can take that, but how I present it to others is in a, it should be in a selfless light. It should be in an inviting light because that's the, that's the game I'm in now is leadership and entrepreneurship. Who was your, yeah, makes perfect sense. Who was your favorite teammate in the NFL? If you have a favorite or a couple favorites Um, and why? I mean, this is perfect because it's, it's right now and it's trending and it's hot, but I loved uh, Travis Kelsey swagger. I can, I can remember specifically messing up in a practice and not running the route, a route perfectly. And he came up to me, put his arm around me and, and just took the time to coach me up. And at this point, he's first team all pro, but just to see his overall exuding confidence in himself, that confidence, man, it allows him to play at superhuman levels, you know? Um, I mean, I was roommates with Tyreek Hill my rookie year. We were both rookies actually. And, uh, he's the most superhuman human in the entire planet. So that's in terms of football, but I love the way Travis Kelsey plays the game. He's reinvented the position. I love his swagger. I love his competitiveness. And, uh, it was a good time watching him for sure. Awesome. How about at, and at the college level, who who are some of your favorite teammates and are some of them still playing? I don't know if I can say I had a favorite teammate because I had such a, so many amazing teammates in college. And by the way, BYU has an amazing presence right now in the NFL. That's crazy. Like, how many? Do you know? I have no idea how many. If you were to guess, because I started counting the other day, what would your guess be? 20. That's crazy. But I mean, we, we That's like, insane. Bonafide, like you look at Fred Warner, he is the best at his position. And he has the respect from the best saying, this guy is the absolute best. You have Taysom Hill, who's completely reinvented himself. He was my quarterback for three years. By the way, he is like... I never let anybody ever say in, in that locker room they were ever a better athlete than me. That was always like, I mean, everyone should say that about themselves, right? But the only person everyone openly admitted was a better athlete than them was Taysom Hill. There was a time, this is no joke, true story, 
we were in the training room. Every practice, you had to get your ankles taped. That was a rule. And uh, we were getting our ankles taped, and Taysom, his calf was sore or something. So he's like massaging his calf, and the doctors are in there. And he's like, he's like, hey, doc, my calf is killing me. What's going on? So all the doctors come over, and they're looking at him, and they're like, they're just touching his calf. Which, by the way, my thigh, <laughs> my ass cheek is one of his calves. Yeah. And so they're looking at his, his calf, and they're poking out. They're like, what is this huge, like, like, bump on your calf? He's like, I don't know, but it's kind of sore. And they start doing some more digging. They're like, dude, you have like an extra calf. Like they thought it was like a hematoma. They thought it was like yeah, yeah. A, a torn muscle, like regrowing wrong. He flexes the other calf and he's got the same, it's a calf's calf. There's a calf on his calf. Like it's this extra bump that no one else has. He's also the guy that wow. four months post ACL puts 650 pounds on his back and like up and down squats it with a giggle, right? And the coaches like pull him out of the squat rack to make sure he doesn't do any more just in case he gets hurt. Just insane athlete. But I play with a lot of great players, a lot of great coaches. Um, but what Fred Warner's doing right now in the NFL, oh my gosh, it's insane. And I love him too as a person. Oh my gosh, it's unreal. Yeah, I love that. So now let's talk about um, your life post NFL, post BYU. By, by the way, when did you get married? 17. So were you... So still playing college? Still playing. No, okay. still playing pro. So playing I, was pro. On the, I was on the Minnesota Vikings. This would be a good segue. So in 2017, sorry, before 2017, my life was great. Like I played college football, excelled. I was in the NFL. I was on the Minnesota Vikings. Things were awesome. I had gotten hurt a couple of times. I got hurt when I was on the Browns, hurt my hamstring. And, but I was playing in the NFL, getting checks from the NFL, like living my dream job. Like it was, it was bliss. It was amazing. Uh, I remember my first week in Kansas City, though, I got a call that my mom had terminal cancer. And that rocked me because she's my she was my everything, still is. <clears throat> and um, things started to, to, to change for me when I heard my mom got cancer and it's terminal. And I got cut a couple times, which not being wanted on the football team was never a feeling I had before. Middle school, high school, college, like, like we like you, but it's not the right fit it was never even anything that I heard. And so in 2017, I'm engaged and, um, there's about a month until my wedding. And I get another call from my mom to meet me at the house. She just had a doctor's appointment and the doctor's like, look, Lisa, you have a month to live. Mm. And, um, she's telling us this, I'm back home training in Utah, getting ready for camp in Minnesota. And we're all sitting there. My wife or my fiance, uh, is sitting there and she's like, well, we have our wedding in a month. Like, let's move it up so you can be there. She's like, no, no. My mom's like, no, no, no. I'll be totally fine. I'll make it. We'll stick it out. Like, we'll do whatever we can to get me, like, just prolong my life to get me there. And uh, the wedding's getting closer and closer and closer. And you can tell physically every single day there's a massive decline. And we knew that she was about to go. The wedding's like a week out and it's pretty obvious that we have a few days left. And um, uh, she passed away just a few days before the wedding which is just insane. So we, we had her funeral, I think on a Thursday and we got married on a Saturday, two days later, three days later. And it was just an insanely unique time for me to be, okay, I, this mom, I have a sick mom. I got cut in the NFL twice. I mean, I'm, but I'm also having to perform. I'm on the Vikings currently. I got to perform it through all this. And uh, uh, about a month later, the Minnesota Vikings cut me. 
um, at this time, and I'm on my couch, my mom had recently passed away, I'm now out of the NFL, the thing that was keeping me optimistic about life was now gone. And that's when uh, I, th I thought it might be over in football, I had no idea. This is my second year. And so I started uh, the business that I have now, which is Anthem. So within a month, my mom passed away, I get married, I get cut from the NFL, and I start this business. And it's been a massive success for me. And um, after I got released and we started this, this pest control business that I have now, I actually got called back to the NFL. The, the Miami Dolphins called me back and I went and played you know, four or five months with them. And uh, it was amazing. After that, I hurt my ankle and ended up jumping full time into business entrepreneurship, just life, you know, getting ready for a family. Um, but that, that moment, that year, or actually, let's shrink it, that month where I had my mom die, getting married, getting cut, getting re-picked back up, starting a business was so formative. And people have been through way worse than me. But for me, it was so formative. It's going to take a lot for me to, to break or not, you know, not, not win and not be successful. And it was also, we talked about this earlier, but it was that moment as well that I realized that uh, my energy needed to change. It needed to be more giving, more selfless. That was like the beginning of it. And uh, sometimes you have to just get crushed to really find out who you are and who you need to become to make the next 20, 30 years of your life great. So it was formative, man. It was crazy. And uh, like I said, so many people who go through worse things than me. But for me, that was rock bottom for sure. Losing your dream job while staying positive and getting married while losing a mom. When I was, I was a kid, man. I was 25. And uh, it was formative. And I look back now and of course I would change some things that happened, but I can't. And so what can I do about it? I can tell the story. And I can be great through business. I can be a great dad. And I can be so abundant and giving and selfless that people hear my story and they think that they can change their circumstance as well. You know what I mean? No, I love that. So. No, it's, it's, I mean, listen, it's, that's just life, right? So life, yeah. it's, life is happening for us, not to us. You just have to embrace what life is bringing our way and make the very best of it. And if we want a life of, of no challenges, we're just, we're not really living. I mean, you know this, your comfort zone is your danger zone. If you mm -hmm. stay in comfort, you're already dead. Anytime you leave comfort, you're first going to deal with fear. You got to learn how to dance yeah. and deal with fear. It's never going to go away. It's just going to have different ebbs and flows and different shapes and sizes. And then once you are able to dissipate fear, then you can get into <clears throat> the learning zone of life. Mm -hmm. And after you're learning and everything, then you can finally get into growth. But a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of people think that it's just this vertical climb to get to the top. And it's not. It's yeah. it's a ton of disruption. Crushed, it's a it's a ton of fog of war all the way through. Yeah. And then when you think you've arrived, you realize I'm nowhere near where I need to be. Yeah. And that's just the beauty and the essence of life. Right? Yep. No, so, but, it, but, it, but, but to what's interesting is you had part of your life expire with your mom's passing, mm -hmm. you know, big mentor. That's your mom. I lost my mom less than a year ago, like big, massive defining moment. I don't care how elderly our parents become when they pass away. It's, <sighs> It's crushing. Mm -hmm. It's crushing and it just represents a lot, right? But you had the, the end of that life, if, if, so to speak, physically, and then a new beginning with your marriage within just a few days span. Days, dude. Like how, days. Like how do you even begin to work through all that when you have that crazy event with your mom's passing and then another crazy event with Maddie getting married and yeah. then... All the other things. So maybe and even the death of like what was what I thought was the NFL. 
Yeah. What could have been the death then too? So I know it's all formative, but tell us your number one lesson that you learned going through that in that one week span. Um, I remember specifically getting just hit with this lesson. I don't know where it came from. Probably God. Um, but I remember thinking like, this is the moment or the time period where you're going to create such an epic story, comeback story, rock bottom story, whatever. This is the time where you're going to create such a massive and important story for everyone who's going to, mm. going to hear it. And so the more success I have, the more, the farther away I, I will be from rock bottom, which that the bigger that gap is, the better the story is. Right. And so I feel a, a big duty to have more abundance, more success. So you welcomed it. Like you embraced it. You saw it well, as I a embraced it because I had to, yeah. right. You know, it was there. So you're going to be like, Hey, I can't, I can't listen, get rid of this thing. Like listen, it is what it is. Right. And listen, like I specifically remember I, I was on an NFL team. You can't let anything fall to you. You can't miss a workout. You can't miss anything. And I remember, uh, I remember my mom passed away in the middle of the night. And so obviously we're up or it's just tears shed, hugs, family, all that. I had a workout at 6 a.m. I got two hours of sleep. I got up two hours later and I went and worked out. And I remember I worked out with Jordan Pendleton. He'll, he'll tell this story all the time too. I'm like shedding tears, dude, wiping them off, then hitting a ladder drill. Then I'm under the bench press, just like hitting tears. I think, I think at one point he was crying too. <laughs> just two big ass dudes just crying. But like, that's what, there was no choice, I guess, for success. It was like, I have to do this. And so I'll, I'll, go, I'll go a step farther. Um, about two or three, four months after she passed away, I was fully into the business, which was the pest control business that I started. And I'm still in tons of pain. Pain from football, pain from the ankle I had just busted up. To, that was the biggest reason why I said I'm fully done. Pain for my mom still. And I started this business and I knew that I had to wear the salesman hat. And so I wanted to come and make a, a massive splash in um, this industry. And that's actually when we met up. Um, so we, we actually met like a couple months after all this went down. And uh, I was asking Jeff for advice, but I put on the salesman hat and said, okay, I'm not going to let tragedy and I'll flat out say failure because my goals were to play in the NFL for 10 years. So I didn't. So I guess you could look at that as failure for goals. I didn't do those things. I was hurt. I was busted up. And by the way, when you get cut from an NFL team or you stop playing, it's not like just, you know, about it. It's like millions of people know about it. it. Twitter knows about it. Everyone knows about it. Everyone's texts you asking what's going on. And I decided, um, because I had learned how to perform on two hours of sleep after my mom died and go and hit massively hard workouts because I had learned to stay on an NFL team and continue to get picked up by new teams after my mom had passed, after other teams had cut me, I had learned to be great even in tragedy and in hard times. And so when I put on that salesman hat at my business, I'm doing door to door. I'm limp, literally limping, literally limping around door to door and still having to be great, not just manage, but be great at it. And I went out my first year and did what no rookie salesman had ever done and sold a thousand homes in under five months. For the first time a first year sales rep had ever done that. And so I, the lens I had to look through was, I'd gone through tragedy and hard times, but how do I not just manage? How do I be great through that? And that story alone, whenever I speak and talk to people is gonna resonate with them because everyone's going through something. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
So let me ask you this. When did you know you would hit a thousand accounts as a rookie? Oh, before it was done. Yeah. No, I remember that conversation. Before it was done. You told me this is done. It's done. And then the challenge was, Mendes, when I hit it, we're going to steak dinner. And we still haven't yet. We still haven't yet. We will. Because it's going to get better and better. That dinner is going to get better it's and better. It's going to be juicier, yeah. dude. The budgets get bigger every the year. The budgets get bigger every on year. It, dude. <laughs> but I'm not joking. I'm not just saying this. But that's what's crazy. So I talk about this all the time. It's the law of the two creations. You, fir you first create it in imagination, on paper, in you know vision. And you'll never outperform your vision, by the way. So that's why our vision has to be crazy so that our, our physicality gets pushed with the vision that we've created. The second creation, first one being vision, second one, actuality, doing the work, brick and mortar, making it happen. But you knew before you even deployed that summer that a thousand accounts was in the bag and you created a system in your mind. I'm sure you created a system in of reality. what I'm going to hit every single day and you made it happen. And you know, the show is called live life by design, not by default. That's a perfect example of what we need to do so that we can live the life that we truly want to live. Mm -hmm. There's sayings out there that state that people spend more time planning their vacation than their life. I feel it's true. So you are definitely a great example of living your life by design, not by default and seeing what needs to occur before it even, before it even occurs. And the design was so, and this is for the thousand accounts that the design was so rigid. It was 8.59 services per day. It was 117 days. So you knew exactly. it to the last I still know. Point. It was five years ago. I still know what it is. It was 211 sales per month. I knew. I, I still know them because they were so seared in my mind. I made my dad quit his job and come be my technician so I can ensure the quality oh, of wow. service. 100%. Wow. And so I made things happen so that I could... I mean, part of it was all selfish too. I had to prove to the world that I was somebody. You know what I mean? Which is also being selfless because right. you put yourself yeah. in a position where you can be an example to others to inspire and help yeah. out, so forth and so on. Leadership is influence, nothing less, nothing more. Yeah. So if you're not hitting those accounts, you can't serve the people that you right. want to serve. Right. So I, th I think it's a, definitely a, a selfless act. Yeah. And I'll say this. The, the person you, we all will be in the next 10 years is the habits you have today the food you eat today, mm. the people you're around today, the people you meet today, your exercises today, that's who you're going to be in 10 years from now. Okay. And so because of what happened to me five years ago, who I'll be in 10 years from that moment is going to be pretty cool. I believe that's awesome because of what I went through and what I had to show. Yeah. During so those defining moments. Yeah. So they, they listen, it's, it sucks when you're going through it. Yep. But now you can look back at those opportunities and you can be grateful that you had them because it's that refiner's fire. Mm -hmm. Like it's really turned you into somebody really special and you're battle tested. Like yeah. if everything we do in life is just easy and there's no trials or tribulations, there, there's nothing worth writing about or talking about or podcasting about. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm with you there. Um, let, let, let's pivot here. So you're, you're way into health, fitness, et cetera. You're actually the one that inspired me to start using my sauna yeah, that I think I I've owned for like three years. My kids have used it forever. And then you and I were having a conversation. I'm like, I have one, but I don't think I've ever used it. Insane. Insane. So talk to us about what we know that you're in the, you're in the service industry. Yeah. You have a company called Anthem and uh -huh. I think you just recently had an exit, right? Successful yeah. exit. Partial. Yeah. Partial exit. So you're still on the cap table, still running the show, but congrats on that. Thank you. And then talk to us about, don't you have something in the works with the sauna business and yeah. 
health and all that. So something hit, is hit in the works. Something's in the works, but can this you, is what we're going to do. We're going to, in two months from now, I'm coming back and I'll share in massive depth. Yeah. Just share whatever you can. So I'm, I'm getting level. into the health and wellness space. Um, America is so far behind on the health and wellness space. So who's, far behind. Who's, who's ahead? If it's not America, just, I mean, just you go, you go to Japan, you go to Europe, people care, uh, so much about their feelings. It, the, life over there is not about the, how much stress you can tack on yourself. Sure. Right. So the chronic stress in America, the depression, the anxiety, the overall just health that we're in. Okay. The, there's a reason why ice baths have come up. It's not because someone made a trend. And you were doing ice baths before ice baths years were ago. cool. Yeah. Years ago. Yeah. And I feel like the world in a way is sick mentally. And the, the world, God, earth, universe, things are surfacing. Not because it's trendy and cool. They're surfacing because we're at a, at a critical moment. And so I've, 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 I'm seeing that trend of so many other countries and, and continents being way ahead of us in the health and wellness space. And I'll tell you a story. Three and a half years ago, me, Jesse Isler, Lewis Howes, Mike Posner, Aubrey Marcus, a bunch of Steve Weatherford, a bunch of rad, rad dudes. We went and spent 10 days with Wim Hof, the Iceman, at his house in Poland. So there was 13 of us guys at Wim Hof's house in Poland doing ice baths daily, 10 minutes up to your neck. We're jumping off cliffs in the freezing cold water where we did a four hour snow hike, clothless, only shorts and boots, that's it. And he taught us, Wim Hof taught us how to be superhuman. Mm. And he taught us that there's so much more out there in terms of mental health and physical health. And I remember being in a conversation with, with Jesse Isler and a couple of guys as we were coming home off this mountain and saying, it's a shame that it took 13 Americans to go to Poland just to get hot and cold and feel these things. Why, why, is, why aren't there way more people doing this in the States? Why isn't this a common practice? Why isn't being peak mentally more important than seeing who's the most stressed and who, mm. has, who starts the most businesses or who tax on the most things in their life? And I've actually realized that I've accomplished so much more the healthier that I am mentally because I'm more abundant. Uh, my vibration is better. I'm huge on energy. My word for this year is energy. I want people that come within 10 feet of me, a phone call with me, to know that I'm a person that they want to do business with based on a feeling alone, no matter what I say. Do you pick a word a year that I try helps to define your year? I try to. This so has this been year, the, this is I've I've done it better this year than ever before. Yeah. So I match the books that I read based on the words. The books I'm reading right now are on vibration and energy. Yeah. And I've become so much more magnetic. I have a goal in 2024 to have a hundred new couples at our house to sit in the sauna with me uh, and my wife, so they can feel of our family's energy and where we're going, and, and maybe they want to be a part of it. That's cool. And maybe I can serve them. Do you have your word picked out for 24 or not yet? I guess I started my, the vibration word halfway through this year. So let's go a year and a half with it. End of 2024. Yeah. Because honestly, it served me so well. That's cool. The vibration, the energy. I can tell a lot more people want to be in my circle than ever before. Because remember, I came from the ego world. I came from the you lose, I win world. And that's what I carried with me for the last sure. five, six years. That's the old me, man. That's completely changed. 
And so I'm building a lot better relationships with people. And I mean, last week, um, I put Jeremy Andrus on, on the board at my company. Jeremy Andrus, the CEO of Traeger, he's one of one for me. One of one. And those things don't happen unless you have the right energy, unless you, unless you have the right purpose in life. If I'm a money grabber, if everything's about me, if everything's sure. about how much I can shine, people just, they, they, they separate themselves from you. Yeah. And uh, my superpower is being a super connector wow. and using that with the creative side of me in business. Uh, I need people because I can't do much by myself. I need a lot of freaking people, man. Yeah. And so giving people great energy, filling my cup so much so that other people can fill theirs and be a great example is what fuels me. Awesome. So what we can expect in a couple months is something revolving around saunas, I'm assuming. Health and wellness. Health and wellness. Cold. Cold. Hot. Total vibrations. Awesome. Epic vibes. I'm going to provide, I'll say this, I'm going to provide Utah and beyond with the best health and wellness vibration energy modality that the state has ever seen that people have ever experienced. Yeah. So talk to us about the science of a sauna. Like you, you've, you've taught me a bit. Yeah. So how much time should we be in saunas and at what Fahrenheit? Uh, the hotter it gets, less time you have to be in. Okay. Similar with a cold bath, like more colder it is, less time you have to be in. Um, if you can be in a sauna every day and you have the means to that, do it. If it's 170 degrees, you can probably be in there for 45 minutes. It depends on the mode. If you only have 30 minutes, crank that thing up and you're by yourself, toughen it out, get the benefits, maybe just 10 minutes. But if I have a couple over or I'm doing it with other people, I actually enjoy being in the sauna for like 45 minutes wow. because the best conversations happen when you're, when you're in a sauna. Okay. So because 45 minutes at what temperature? 170. Okay. What about 190? Because I do mine at 190. 190, a good 20 minutes is 20 minutes just is fine. Okay. But if, if, if you want to, if the mo, the, the intention, sorry, if the intention of getting in the sauna that day is to have the best conversations, sure. a business meeting, be, be creative. <laughs> you do your business meetings in the 100%, sauna. 100%. Awesome. 100%. <laughs> okay. I, I'm getting a sauna in my backyard. It's like the, it's the cost of a freaking house in 2020. I'm not, it's, I'm investing in it as my, Wait, wait. Connection Can, machine. You're saying that it's going to cost you that much? It's it's a legitimate invest. It's a building. It's wow. like. Can you tell us ballpark see, of how much it's going to cost you? It, it's 70. 70. 70 grand. Okay. To put in my backyard. Yeah, it's not. A, that's not a small number. I'm not joking you. It, it's it's. Uh, I did it because I'm going to be able to create a space, my wife and I, in that backyard where people want to come and be. And we're able to chemically connect through serotonin and oxytocin and dopamine. Oh, wow. When you have those things elevated, it's like a sale. When you can raise those chemicals or bring out those chemicals in other people's minds, the best conversations happen. Mm -hmm. And so I always try to be in a sauna with other people. And if I can turn it down a little bit to be in there with them longer, you're more creative. Wow. You're more agreeable. You get to know each other better. So board meetings are happening in the sauna. One thousand percent. So Did, sorry, didn't you go to an event where there's this massive sauna? There's a DJ and everything. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me about that. So that was Jesse Itzler's and Devin LeVake's event. It was and called may, Running maybe, Man. Maybe tell us who Jesse Itzler is because yeah. that's a big name. Jesse Itzler is a very big name. Uh, some of the best energy in the world. He's married to Sarah Blakely, the female billionaire, um, and he's got a myriad of other successes in his life. Former rapper turned entrepreneur. 
and uh, he went to Poland with me. That's where him and I yeah. really connected. Yeah. I look at him. Part owner of the Atlanta Hawks. Part right? owner of the, yeah, their family is the part owner of the Atlanta Hawks. Big time guy. And, and by the way, Sarah, Sarah Blakely is one of, one, I mean, she's insane. We can go on for days about her. But him and I are, are buddies. I, I, I look at him as who I want to be when I'm 50. And I think he looks at me as who maybe he was when he was my age. And so we've connected that way. And uh, he has been uh, a very big advocate for saunas. And so he put on, put on an event called Running Man. It's like a derivative of Burning Man, but for runners. Okay. And they built a 100 or 200 person sauna. It was the biggest sauna ever made, I think. And uh, Like a temporary setup? Temporary or? setup, okay, yeah. Not permanent. Like okay. a pop-up type thing. Okay, got it. But I mean, it was full structure. I mean, there's, there's benches everywhere. And where there's, was this? This is in Rome, Georgia. Georgia. For this big event. Yeah. And that's where he lives in Georgia. Yeah. Yep. And uh, sauna has been a massive part of my life, but so is cold. So the contrast of back and forth. So, uh, and I've realized that two things. When you do hard things with people and you heal with people, sauna is a healing modality. When you do hard things with people and you heal with people, you're chemically bonded wow. for life. And so the more hard things I can do with people, whether it's 29 or 29, that Everesting event, whether it's a run, whether it's... it's or, uh, or playing golf with me. Playing golf with you. It's tough. Tough to watch. Uh, just kidding. But when, if you can do hard things with people and heal with people, there's chemicals that are present that attach you for life at a deep level. Interesting. So nothing surfacy. So your ability to, to connect with people, start more businesses, do more things, be more abundant, it all starts with that chemical connection. So how long was the sauna thing, this event? Like how long were you guys in the sauna? Oh, we were there six times a day. We could go in for 10 minutes, oh, so you go to the cold, out, go hit a run, okay. go do your thing. It was like a yeah, big wellness event. And maybe this is asking which one of your kids you prefer, but do you prefer the cold therapy or the sauna therapy? Oh, sauna's the best for sure. Really? Yeah. Does I mean, it, it's like, it's warm, it's cozy. What about the benefits? Are they equal or no? They're equal for sure. Really? In, in their own way. Yeah. I mean, like... So I don't have to go through the pain of freezing my tail off. I can actually get those benefits through the sauna? No, they're different. They're different benefits. Okay. A lot of similar ones. But if I, if I, was, to, if I was to give someone a perfect morning, I would say give yourself an hour and 20 minutes in the morning or whenever you do it, get a 30 to 40 minute workout and then do a 20 minute sauna, three minute cold bath, 20 minute sauna, three minute cold bath. I haven't found a way to feel physically better, which translate immediately to being Everything mentally else. better. Yeah, exactly. that's, that's interesting. And so sauna, it's a cardiovascular exercise. The best thing you can do for your sleep is to get in a sauna. So your, your morning routine starts the night before. Of course. And so, if you're in a sauna the night before, you sleep better, which means you're more productive the, the, the next day. And so sauna is going to be pivotal for uh, your sleep. Okay. How about the temperature of the water for the cold, for the ice bath? What should it be? Uh, it can be anything below 55 is going to work. What's uh, ideal? Yeah. I would say if you're 45 degrees, 45 to 50 degrees for three minutes a day, prime. Prime. The official number is... 11 minutes a week has been proven to be uh, the minimum you should have of cold bathing. So 11 minutes a week. I forget who said that, but um, some doctor that recent, recently came out with this, but 11 minutes per week, there's something about that number and beyond that you should be hitting. So if it's four times a week where you're in a, a cold bath for three minutes, that's 12 minutes that week. And it prolongs your life, right? I mean... Yeah, I mean, if yeah, just like any other health modality, eating cleaner, sleeping better, 
the cold and the hot is going to help you sleep better, which means you're going to live longer and sure. live better while you're living. So any type of health modality is going to help you live longer and live better. But in terms of brain fog, in terms of energy levels, if you do anything cold, cold shower, cold bath in the morning, what you realize is you're not going to have that 3 p.m., 4 p.m. lull. Mm -hmm. You're going to be at a higher energy that stabilizes for longer. Yeah, so, what, what I heard about caffeine, by the way, just last week, somebody was talking about it. I don't know all the science behind it. I have to Google, I'd have to Google it. But essentially, it says that people that are taking caffeine, you're not really having your body receive more energy. You're just silencing your neurons in your brain. That make you feel sleepy. That say you're actually not as tired as you are. I'm just tricking you. Mm -hmm. So there's no real like increase of energy. It's a increase or decrease of your brain cells telling you that, that you're, you're tired. actually tired. Yeah, yeah. I found that to That's be true. very interesting. I found that out recently too. Yeah, man, caffeine is one that I've gotten in after sports. Never took a sip of ca caffeine during sports. Uh, but it, it's almost like you love it. You're kind of hooked on sure. it. It's part of it. It makes you get that little bit of a boost. Uh, but it's not serving you in the long run. Yeah. You know? So really quick, Wim Hof, the goat of ice bass, Look ice man, etc. I've actually done some work with him like early on in LA. Really? And it's the highest high I've ever experienced in life. It's insane. And by the way, don't forget the breath work. That's like where he really began is the, the breath work. In incredible. Insane. So he did, he, did, he did breath work with us in a big auditorium. There's probably a thousand of us. And we were all just like, this is, You're high as a kite. This is insane. You are high as so, a kite. So let me ask you this. With all the training that you've received being in Poland with him, when you do an ice bath today, do you have a method in which it doesn't feel as painful for those of us that are starting out in that journey? Yeah. The key is how quickly can you find calm in the chaos? There's a metaphor to that and there's the, the real physical piece of that. If you slide into a cold bath or a freezing cold river and you're, <laughs> you freak out, well, you can't get your, your, your breath right, which makes you freak out even more and feel this like anxiety and not enjoy it and, and not be able to get to peak benefits the fastest. Sure. The key is to find calm in the chaos as quickly as possible. So what I do is I try to slide into a cold bath or a cold river like a ninja. I don't let it affect me. Do you do breath work beforehand? You don't do breath work ever in the water. But no, say You beforehand. can before. You don't have to, but you can. Because if you do the breath work, you almost don't feel that same. Yeah, yeah. You're just more present. You're more calm already. Okay. So it'll help you. It'll help you. Like I said, slide into the water like a ninja and it's deep breath in and then a four second breath out. It, it allows you to control that freak out and that flex of your chest because the purpose is to, to see how quickly you can get calm in this freezing cold in this chaos. Fight or, fight or flight. Yeah. Yeah. And then the metaphor side of that is in your life, if, you're unfazed by really hard things yeah. and you're able to breathe through it. I mean, even if you're feeling so flustered, take three deep breaths. It completely changes your mental state. Yeah, that's the whole premise of swallow the frog, right? If you yeah. eat a frog every day in the morning, the rest of the day is pretty easy because you just swallowed a freaking frog, which sucks. Exactly. So yeah. you're climbing Everest at the beginning of the day. That way your life challenges of that day are minuscule. Yeah. So for sake of time, we can go on for days. This is super impactful. Let's do it again. This is incredible. So I want to finish off with this. And this is usually the question that I end the show with, with all my guests. So the name of the show is live life by design. We want to be the CEOs of our own life. We want to be in control of, you know, us, right. And still allowing life to happen for us, um, not to us. So give us some advice 
um, when you consider live life by design, it could be anything in the whole person paradigm. It could be something social, intellectual, physical, spiritual, anything at all. Just give us a, some, a send off, some, a, a takeaway that we can enjoy of anything that you've learned um, throughout your life up to this point. First thing that comes to mind is I'm an insanely good copycat, like the best. Still like an I'm artist. the G-O-A-T of copycat. And what I mean by that is I know my weaknesses, I know my strength, and I will make sure that Jeremy Andrus, CEO of Traeger, and I go on a hike every two months. I'll make sure of it. Because that hour with him changes me until the next two months comes up. I'll make sure that Jesse is and I talk often. I'll make sure that you and I hang out, Casey Ball, we hang out. I'll make sure that there's not a week that goes by where there's not someone that's incredibly talented, incredibly special in my life. Because it, there's just osmosis of energy. It, it's, it's, it's in, there's osmosis of story and energy and self-belief that comes by putting yourself around those people. And when I say putting yourself around those people, a lot of people think that I get into the same room as people because oh, Mitch played you know, college NFL football. People know his name. That, that's why he's able to get there. But daily, weekly, I have a massive list of people that I want to meet, have met, going to meet, who I'm reaching out to this week that I can spend time with. Mm. I have a list of who's going to be in that sauna with me. When I launch this next venture, I already have a list of who's going to come in there so that I can have connected with thousands of people here in this state and beyond that'll protect my goals and ambitions because they're such special people. And so whether you're former athlete or not, whether you think you have a name or not, whether you feel like currently you're nobody, force yourself to be at the right table with people. And if you don't have a chair at that table, then build one, you know, do something cool enough to be next to those people, find a way to serve that person who you want to be like. And so to, to, to clarify, I'm a copycat by just being around the people with the energy that I need to go accomplish my 20 year vision. You know, Love it. typically Love they're it. a little bit older. Have you read that book, live like an artist or still like an artist? Sorry. I haven't, but I will now you should, you should read it. Essentially what it states is there are no original ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Everything taught me that. Yeah. Everything that's that, that is being said has already been said. Yeah. So you have to still like an artist. It's okay. Yeah. It's not deliberate stealing, but it's just using and leveraging ideas that our ancestors yeah. have provided us and just making things better. Yeah, it's called rip off and design. Yeah. You know? And then I believe wholeheartedly in your power proximity. I yeah. believe that we have to be that person that people want to be around so that we can be around those people that we want to be around. And I'll also say this too. So many people, and I'm, I'm specifically talking to Utah. I feel like there's a lot of Utah listeners, but beyond that, just because someone has a ton of followers, they have the loudest, most like alpha voice. Sure. Just because that person's flexing the, the, the cars or whatever. When I say be in the same room as people, it's the right people for your yeah. ambitions and your goals, right? Yeah. Like find the people that are one of one for you. Not people who you idolize their toys on social. Find people that energetically they're one of one for you. And that energy will be right. If you're just trying to get in the same room to shake hands and slap ass and 
try out their toys and stuff, it's just fake. And you'll realize it's fake. And you'll realize that they don't want anything to do with you. You really don't want to be like them, but you thought you did because you saw them on social balling out or whatever. Energetically find the people that you're around them and you say, that guy is who I want to be. And I'll give you an example uh, before we before we end. As I just am doing life, and then I go spend an hour with a guy like Jeremy Andrus or a guy like Jesse Itzler, and I can name 50 people, the right people, they sober me up like I've never experienced before. Because I, I, we get caught up thinking you want certain things because you see the flex and you see the people succeeding, you see all the signs of success. And then I'll go spend an hour with Jeremy Andrus and it's the most humbling, uh, energy aligning hour that I can have because I'm like, that's the guy I want to be. And that's formative. So when I say get around the right people, test people out, man. Get around them. And if it's not the right vibe, then don't think you have to be friends with that person because you want them to post about you. It's getting around the right people that are energetically aligned for your 10, 20 year plan. Okay. Love it. Beautiful. Thanks for being on the show. I loved it, man. Let's do it again. Tons of nuggets, tons of takeaways. Um, Live life by design. Much love. Thanks for being on. Kidding me. Had a blast.